0: Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer, the host of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, where we're going to talk about the Japanese concept of ikigai or living a life of purpose. Here, you're going to hear inspirational stories from all different types of people who are finding their own life of purpose. You're going to hear about how they found their ikigai and what they do every day to live an integrated life. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to the last episode in season one of Ikigai, Jennifer Shinkai, and today's guest... It's me! The episode you've all been waiting for. Yes, it's uh, Jennifer Shinkai. Somebody mentioned to me, Jane, and also somebody else. So they said, where's your interview? When are we going to find out what you think about Ikigai? Why are you are doing everything that you're doing? And uh, Jane Nakata, my amazing podcast manager, said, Do you know what? I've had the same idea that you've had. And uh, I volunteer to interview you and let you step back and take a moment and share all of these things. So Jane is going to be interviewing me. It's very exciting to not have to look at my notes to uh, be in the guest hot seats. And for those of you who don't know Jane... Uh, she is a successful podcaster in her own right. Her transformations with the Jane podcast, which is maybe one of my very earliest podcasts. Yes, you were. Appearances yeah. back in the day. Then she's lived an interesting life. You can hear all of that on her podcast, but it's currently reinventing herself as podcast manager extraordinaire from her home in uh, the Fukushima area of Japan. And you've got how many podcasts in your stable right now? Oh, your talent stable?
1: Yeah, it's at least six growing to over 10. In, in early next year, we've got right. quite a few in pre production, yeah. pre production, yes, and development good, it? as we Development, like oh, of right, thank you. Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so cool. And Jane just uh, brings so much relief to me as a podcaster. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you found out about it through the social media work that Jane and her team have been doing. Um, the fact that it even gets edited together is thanks to Jade. And if you're watching this on YouTube is thanks to my wonderful nephew, Sam, who has, yes, I'm his first client, like starting up his production company um, from the UK. So it's really cool to be able to have this opportunity to be the guest. Yeah, I'm just going to hand over to Jane now to do the rest of the interview. I've still got building work all outside my house as normal podcast listeners will be used to that. But if you can't hear the building work again, it's thanks to Jane because she edits nicely. (laughs) (laughs) And any complaints, send them to her. Yeah.
1: Thank you for that lovely introduction, Jennifer, and I'm very excited to be taking over the episode today Yay! and turning the tables on you and asking some of the questions that you love to ask your guests in oh. the episodes, yeah, and it's very true that many people are probably thinking, so who is this Jennifer person? I love hearing about Ikigai and all of these wonderful people that Jennifer has interviewed, but what about Jennifer? So today is a chance to hear about Jennifer herself. Yay. and so jennifer i know you know you're coming to japan story and we all have one that we as uh, people who yes. are in japan so but i think that has been missed in yes. season one we have not heard why on earth is a girl from it's northern england you're from right yes yeah um, yeah yes. and ended up in tokyo and why are you still here after all this time so please tell us your coming to japan story I hate this question. Only joking. Um, <laughs>
0: insider re- joke. Yeah. Insider joke, yes. I was recently on the... Uh- David Sweet, uh, who was also a Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai podcast guest, his podcast, Barefoot Lunch, and every question he asked me, I was like, I hate that question, I hate that question. But my, which version of my origin story shall I share today? It wasn't like a big plan. I hadn't like always loved Japan and wanted to come and been really like into anime and manga or like studied Japanese at university. I had a bit of a broken heart and uh, I decided I wanted to get out of England for a year and so I applied to be a kaiwa teacher like an English language school teacher and I remember I like saw the advert in the Guardian newspaper back in the days when people got jobs from newspapers shows how old I am it was and I came to Japan in 1999 for a year worked in an English school and after a couple of months thought mm, this is probably not going to be long enough time so I decided that I would extend my contract and then I met Mr. Shinkai and, uh, the rest is, mm, well, not history. <laughs> so I've told this story on many other podcasts, but definitely when we first met, I did not imagine that we would get married, that I would still be here, that we'd have two kids, that we'd have a mortgage, that he'd be my massive cheerleader. Like that was not on the cards at all when we first met. So yeah, I'm very grateful for how things have, have mm-hmm. worked out
1: so how did you meet though just
0: we met in a club in shibuya
1: oh was a club oh,
0: yes yes a couple of years into our relationship like on our anniversary we went back and uh <laughs> we just felt so old such an awful club uh but Yeah, it was not the type of place you expect to meet your life partner, but we did. Yeah. You know, he tried to pick up my friend, but she was with someone at the time and I was single. So I was like the second choice. choice. We always joke about it, But he's like, no, no was a destiny was a uh, go to to me at that time so
1: it is that's yeah. such a cool story wow yeah okay yeah so you met Mr. Shinkai you fell in love got married and so somewhere along the way you went from being the Kaiwa teacher to what can you tell us a little bit yeah, about this so journey after,
0: so then I decided that probably working in Aikawa forever wasn't going to happen. And that's actually sort of why we got married kind of green card wedding. So it's like, how do I get you to stay in Japan? and uh, he proposed to me and we got married like days before my visa ran out actually
1: dodgy at all, not dodgy at
0: all <laughs> and we had been together for a couple of years before so I think it was okay we made it through but then I joined a recruitment agency and I worked in that recruitment company it was called Wall Street Associates when I joined hello Nick and then it got bought by a big Japanese company called N Japan and it was uh, N World when I left and through those 12 years that I worked there I did a lot of different jobs I was like kind of jumpy within a company so I did sales I did training I did sales operations I did marketing and then there was a period after I'd come back from my second kid had been born I was just really, really unhappy in what I was doing every day, in the team I was in. And I decided to start to work with a coach. That was kind of the, the next big change in my life.
1: And what happened then? You became...
0: Well, what happened then was I decided that I wasn't going to work in corporate anymore. And um, I was going to go back to training because I'd worked in training, you know, at the head office of the language school and then also in the recruitment company and yeah I decided I was going to quit my corporate job start my business and be a facilitator and a coach and
1: how did that go to start with was it all (laughs) butterflies and money rolling in and
0: Uh, the first six months pretty hard but actually I think once I had decided what I wanted to do everything just fell into place so the hard part is like making that decision and that was where like, I wish I'd known about like the Ikigai model at that time. Like I hadn't heard of it, although we can get into like what my relationship is with the Ikigai model now. But yeah, it was surprising. Like once a decision had been made and I had the right like support people around me, basically my husband and like one client who said like, yes, I'll work with you. But then it just started to go. And, you know, is every day easy? No. But am I much happier than I was in like the tail end of 2015, 16. Absolutely. Mm.
1: Absolutely. And so when did you come to know about Ikigai? This very important word that this whole podcast is based <laughs> around. When did Ikigai appear on your radar and how did you get to know
0: that? Oh, I wish I'd done my research on myself properly before this. This is all written in my book, actually, like with the oh. dates and everything. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. feel like it was around 2018 and I joined a Points of View coaching game workshop run by Narumi Isoda, around the ikigai model and I think around that time I had also got my hands on a copy of Hector Garcia's book um ikigai you know, the Japanese secret to a long and happy life and I remember reading on the back of that book he said all Japanese have an ikigai reason to jump out of bed and I was like really it's not what I see. You know, I'd worked in the recruitment industry for 12 years. So I've seen a lot of people who in terms of like, they're jumping out of bed and going to work, were not really feeling it. And yeah, (laughs) I love to see you're like shaking your head.
1: Show me, show me where these people jump out of bed and yeah. This yeah
0: is, mm. and, and I was just like mm, kind of not sure if this is true so I was interested to see what you know a Japanese facilitator thought about this and anatomy sound had also sort of felt the same thing so that was quite interesting but we were using this Venn diagram which became very famous and I'd sort of seen it on LinkedIn and different social media so that was quite interesting as a coaching tool the Venn diagram is fabulous And then I started to do more research into it and um, recently had a guest on the podcast, Nick Kemp, who kind of opened my eyes to like, actually, you know, the, the Ikigai Venn Diagram. Like, that wasn't written by a Japanese person. That's not what Japanese people think of around Ikigai. And that kind of got my interest in so, what does it really mean? And how can we use the different models as well as thinking about, like, what's the reason to be here? What does get me out of bed in the morning? Which is not only career related, it's various other things. But what is that for each of us? And how can we bring it into our day? Just like have better lives, basically.
1: Mm. And so, you know, there's all these different ikigai is out there right what's what is the thing that you like to focus on or your take on ikigai
0: so my take on ikigai is it is as expansive as you want it to be and it is without judgment anything that for me makes me feel like I still want to be here tomorrow so I kind of use it as a mental health check-in for myself Mm -hmm. like there is (laughs) this is pretty morbid But like, there's a reason for me not to kill myself today. Yeah, (laughs) Like, because I want to be here tomorrow, I'm not done with this. I'm not finished with these things. And there's things which I look forward to. And there's, you know, feelings and emotions that I want to have. So this is what I can control. I can't, you know, if I'm taken in the night, that's like none of my business. But I still want to be here why will I wake up tomorrow and face the day? Yes, then that's what it is for me. And sometimes it's work, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's art, sometimes it's laziness because I do not be bothered to kill myself. That's an awful <laughs> thing to say, but like, mm. you know, okay, we'll just kind of stick on the day a little bit
1: more. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, what is your things that give you those feelings that you want to have? So you mentioned, you know, obviously work, you are doing work that's meaningful to you yeah. now. Yeah. And art. Let's talk a little bit more about the art thing that you mentioned. Yeah. Because you're having, as you said, an artist reawakening.
0: Yes. Yeah. So this was, you know, one of the things like in, in a lot of Ikigai coaching and different discussions of it are is about the feeling of Ikigai. And you can think about things which happened in the past the present as well as the future. And I was thinking, oh, I used to really, really love doing any type of art. Actually, no, not any type of art because I wasn't really a painter. I liked making things. I liked doing work with fabric and with like batik and screen print and this and glass and all these weird things about this amazing teacher at school. And then when I went to university and moved to Japan, I kind of lost touch with it. I have had a couple of dalliances with many hangar, which is like mm-hmm. printing. Ukiyo is like the posh version of it, but I wouldn't like to call myself in that uh, hallowed field. And yeah, i sort of, I, I came back to it in COVID because one of my friends was running an online art class, and then through that, I somehow managed to write a children's book. And I'm doing art not every day, but more every day. The last two weeks have been really hard, but I was doing some art every day. And I got a commission to write another uh, to illustrate a poem. And I'm just seeing like what does that look like to do more of that? Because the time just goes and I feel very fulfilled and I look forward to creating. And when I'm doing it, I feel good. And afterwards, when I look at it, sometimes I feel a bit frustrated, but I feel like that's not what was in my head, not how it came out. But the whole process is quite joyful. So I feel like it's a ikigai source, a big source of ikigai for me.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting that you've always had this, but... Its reawakening has only sort of come well, kind of thanks to COVID almost. Yeah, but
0: definitely, definitely. And and I feel like it was one of those things that I sort of I've seen this a lot in in different interviews in the podcast people kind of feel they're not allowed to do it because that's not what people like them do. Like however they were raised or, you know, because I'm a woman or because I'm a mother or because I'm a foreigner living in Japan or because of whatever label you want to apply to yourself is stopping you from doing these things. And it's really sad, actually, really, really sad to hear that and to see that. So I just thought, what would it be like if I was the type of person who, mm. What would it be like if I was an artist and I sold my first piece of work? this week and tell
1: us about that. What? Yes,
0: yes. Yes, yes. So, you know, obviously I have the book and uh, but somehow that doesn't seem uh called candy raft swim by the way available on Amazon mm. right now. Uh, link, sure. in the, <laughs> link in the show notes. Yeah, in the show notes. Thanks Jane. <laughs> obviously, so I have that, but somehow it felt very different to sell a book which is, you know, scanned copies of the work to the other day I actually just like handed over. I mean, it wasn't even mounted. I'm sure I'll be like terribly embarrassed when I look back. But um yeah just handing over something which I had created and I had created it for someone as well it I don't want to say it was a commission but it kind of was I had done a sketch of a friend's dog for this illustration that I'm working on and he's like oh can, I love it can I buy it and I was like oh it's not for sale because it's in this character study for this book and I said let me repaint it for you and I'll sell it to you and he said yes did and um, it was actually though a sad story because the Dog that it's based on sadly has passed away since mm. the picture was painted. But actually, that meant that it was all sort of almost more meaningful. And it brought quite some sort of tears, tears of joy to the new owners, mm. family member, and the new owners of this artwork. So when they took it home, it was really nice to be able to have
1: that small mm. impact. I'd say those. it's yeah. a huge impact for those owners. I'm just I'm getting a bit tearful myself oh. over here because yeah I can just imagine if that was you know your beloved pet who passed away and they got a beautiful picture painted that they could look at and remember them that would be beautiful what a gift to the owners and yeah, yeah for you to be part of that now oh, that's lovely
0: yeah actually when my husband looked at the picture he's like oh look the dog is like on this pathway to heaven to the like dog." I didn't notice that but now you say it yeah 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 you never know like what stories might Mm. come out afterwards in whatever you create
1: yes and I noticed your jellyfish picture is gone
0: uh, no it's just been taken down it hasn't been sold but it's still available uh, no <laughs> it was getting knocked every time I opened the door it's like I really can't sell this this is too wrecked uh, yeah but that's something I'm like looking forward to uh, next year is to be what could I do with like an exhibition or just to get more feedback on my style and what people like what people don't like and where I might go. So that was some great advice I had was to have a show for feedback, a show right. for comments, right? To Get people together and like look at all different types of work. So not necessarily telling a story as, as an exhibition would, but to be more, what's grabbing you, right? Because it's very hard to like judge your own work
1: as well. Yeah, well, this is obviously a whole new, but like, there's there's no right answer in this yeah. art world. And there's lots of learnings to happen and new people to get to know and new networks to uh, learn about and things. So it's going to be a very interesting year for you next yes. year, I yeah definitely. say. Yeah. Putting your and that's, foot in that's the water one there. of the
0: things in the Ikigai 9, which is, uh, how to describe it, I want to say an assessment, but I don't know if it has the rigor of an assessment anyway, but it was great framework. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's more of an assessment actually, because you can use it as psychological check-in through Derby university. I want to say and I've forgotten the other guy's name. Sorry really bad at this part of my job and they one of the questions is I am uh, interested in learning new things and so you can kind of give yourself you give yourself a score on all these different parts of the framework and I'm really feeling that like I'm really interested in learning new things from
1: an ikigai perspective that's kind of what keeps me like
0: oh what would this be like and what do I do here and how do I solve this Mm. problem so
1: yeah, it's, it's great to keep it light at this stage and not get to, oh, I'm rubbish and I've only just started. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely
0: <laughs> not. And, you know, like, here's one thing. Like, of course, there's all different types of artists in the world and there's all different types of consumers in the world. So sometimes you'll go somewhere and you'll see something in your shop and you'll be like, oh, there's one shop actually in Ginza. And just this, who buys this? Who
1: buys this
0: stuff? It's awful. And somebody will look at my work and go, who buys this stuff? Mm. It's awful. But other people will look at it and go, I must have this in my home. Mm. And it takes all sorts, like that great diversity of yep. life. Yeah. So no accounting
1: for taste. And, uh, ten just... people ten colors, as they say here in Japan, isn't it? Sorry? I don't know that one. Hmm? Yeah. Ten okay. people ten colors. Like people yeah. ten people like, ten pe- 10 people like 10 different colors oh I never that's heard like that like one of the before. only sayings I can remember in Japanese
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one there so yeah we'll see what happens
1: yeah so mm. what advice do you have for your listeners who are listening and wondering about ikigai and the new year coming Ooh. and what would you say to people thinking about how they might be going to approach their ikigai or finding out more about their ikigai in the coming new year
0: Mm. well probably I feel like I should probably do like a sales pitch <laughs> like I should do a workshop or something but apart from that which I don't have a particular icky guy <laughs> workshop plan but I've just like, oh no I'm a very bad marketer in that moment but I think just do something just that little thing which is nagging you that you've been thinking would this make me feel good just try it and see if it does I think a lot of the narrative around ikigai is that it has to be this all-consuming you know the center of the Venn diagram it's got to be something that you love and you're good at and the world needs and you can be paid for and it's like you know just what makes you feel alive and what makes you excited to be here like find those things and do those things and it could be something that you've not done for a very long time like in the case of art for me or it could be something that you know maybe you have something Jane that like keeps coming up that keeps kind of showing up again and again you're like oh maybe I should like answer this little call mm-hmm. to this thing yeah do that thing yeah but like five minutes or 15 minutes or whatever like the small easy version of it is really yeah, just experiment is not we don't have to make this lifelong commitment to the thing um, yeah so what's coming up for you on that one Yeah, when
1: you're talking about that, I was thinking, yeah, and it's good to think about, you know, when you said about things that used to be good at or something where you used Mm, to do. And I was thinking, well, what about things that you were really rubbish at? Why not give them a go now as an adult and try out sort of overturning some of these beliefs you have about yourself? Oh, I like that too. Because yeah, I noticed that it was about four years ago when I took up running. Running is the thing that I've never been able to do. I've always been terrible. I've always been the last... On cross country race day, and hated all of the sports events at school. But for some reason, I just thought oh, I'm gonna go out and gonna try this. And yeah, four years later, you know, I'm officially a runner. How did that happen? <laughs> you know, that was, you know, if you'd asked any of my PE teachers, they would say, yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you have no sporting ability whatsoever. So yeah, why not sort of look at those things that have always, maybe you've, in my case, I might have had a bit of shame around them. Mm. Why not sort of look at them again and go, well, what if I was good at this? Or what if I could do this? And so I've recently I've started doing golf. Cool. I don't play golf. Right. I'm not a golfer. No, like I said, no natural ability in sports. But I thought, well, what if I just practice? Maybe I would get good at it. And then, so my ultimate goal is that my whole family can go and play golf together ah. uh, when we go to New Zealand, because my husband's a golfer. My mother's a golfer. My father was a golfer when he was with us. And, you know, so golf is something that's always sort of been in, in my life. life, but yeah. I've never been able to do it. And that's kind of been frustrating to sort of, you know, watch other people be able to do it and then just think, Ooh, but I'm not good at sports right. or especially sports that involve sticks and balls it's just <laughs> yeah, too, much, coordination. too much you know but then I thought well maybe it is just a lack of practice and maybe I just need to practice a bit more than other people so I will just start practicing and let's see how we go and well wouldn't you know it I can actually hit a ball now instead of just make holes in the grass in my lawn <laughs> in the all garden those divots, all those yeah with yeah, less divots happening in the grass now the ball's leaving the ground a little bit and um yeah, so I'm thinking, oh, okay, well what would happen if I'd practice a little bit more? Yeah. And um the stakes are very low. I'm just gonna give it a go and maybe in a year or two's time I'll be a golfer as well as a there runner. There you go. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not running after the balls going off in the
1: different well, very the handy to be able to run after all those yeah. balls that go into the rough and, <laughs> and things. So Yeah, yeah,
0: I like that. I like, though, that it's not disconnected from other roles. So I can sort of see this feeling of it's connected to who you are and how you want to feel in your family and like this idea of that thing. So one of the things which like worries me when people say, oh, like if it feels like a should goal, you know, like well, I should be doing this thing or I should do that because that's what people like me do Mm -hmm. or everyone is doing that. That always gets my like, are you sure? But I think because (laughs) the example that you've given is not so much about golf. It could be anything, but that happens to be the way that you can connect to this sort of vision of the future, this idea of how good it's going to feel when the family's all able to play golf together, but it could be Rummy Cup, you know, it doesn't need to be a golf. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And just to, and I actually have the vision of us playing together on a certain golf course oh, in New wonderful. Zealand that has a beautiful view of the lake next to it. And there's little sheep running around and yeah, there's a whole vision to it. It's yeah. not just um,
0: and here's, here's a great thing about this, right? Like future visions. So even as you are explaining this now, this is Ikigai.
1: Yeah, I feel it, right? Like I that, feel, like, yeah. I'm
0: excited for this. This is coming. That feeling of like, what is possible is a feeling of Ikigai too. And that's, that's what I've really enjoyed through this year of uh, podcasting and working on the book has been like, oh, it's much more than I thought. It's not just career. And it's not just like these four questions. It's all of those things about like, yeah, looking forward to this moment happening, like imagining this future or remembering these things, which we did in the past. Or like, yeah, you know, the moment like when even when you were getting like a little bit tearful and emotional before like that, that's actually for me, like you you really feeling I am alive in this moment, like here and now that for me is another expression of Ikigai. So it's just really beautifully all encompassing um, rather than being just like this. This is one point on a Venn diagram.
1: <laughs> Are you getting paid for it? No. Nope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Didn't get paid for listening I'm like crying at a musical the last time I checked. Maybe I should. Maybe it could be a critic. No, I'm not sure mm. I would have that that
1: role. Mm. Yeah. And that's a really good reminder not to expect your ikigai to be just the one thing, right? It's to have multiple ways to experience your ikigai. It's a lot of pressure for one thing, right? Yeah. And yeah. I see this a lot. It must be A or B. Well, why can't it be A and B and C? You know, it's yeah. golf and painting and podcasting for example is yeah my ikigai. <laughs> is that all right is that allowed?
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think as you know have as as many or as few as you like Ken Moggy talks about he has like a hundred moments of Ikigai in his day and when I interviewed Akihiro Hasegawa um, which I interviewed him in Japanese so it, it's not being released as a podcast but um, he was like well I think that's a bit too many but I definitely <laughs> think uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't have just one You know, his research is really interesting because he talks about how, for example, when people retire, he was talking about like the patriarchs of the family who were, who were the breadwinners. They retire and then they become, you know, their son kind of takes over in the family and they, their self-reported ikigai goes down massively because they're like, who am I? I'm not the primary breadwinner. I'm not like the boss of the house. Why am I here? So that's why as well, I feel, you know, any of those transition periods where you feel like your main ikigai, if you, if you really have like one thing that you really focus on, we see it when people get downsized, uh, empty nest, become a parent, you know, all these different things are shifting. If your identity and your ikigai is so tied up in just one thing, for me, it feels really dangerous. It feels um, like too much pressure on that one thing, you know. Like, what if I get injured and I can't run anymore, and that's the only thing which I have? Or, you know, in COVID, I thought that my ikigai was about being in the room with people, like it was that magic of facilitating face to face. And so I had like a massive, uh, who am I? What do I do? You know, I, it was also tied up within a certain experience, and and on the podcast that Brittany. Arthur talks about that a lot. Brittany, yes, Brittany. I always want to call it Tiffany. Yeah. Yeah. She talks about that a lot as well. Like when you strip it back to the the origins, like to the essence of the activity, what is it really? And she realized like, you know, it wasn't for her about like the five-star dinners, which she liked and being in the hotel. And she's now doing this crazy, crazy schedule because she loves her work so much that she's willing to like do those workshops at two o'clock in the morning and gets her out of bed. Wouldn't for me, but there you go. Because <laughs> my icky guy also revolves around having a good night's sleep.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's important to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my
0: god. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Can't understand oh, these fine. people who
1: stay up late. No, no, yeah. no. We are we are obviously early birds. So yes, for yes, sure. Yes, yes, up at 5 30 or whatever. And, yeah. and then all of that as well. But yes, yeah. the living out icky guys in different ways yeah rock on Brittany she's doing amazing she's still hanging in there yeah yeah
0: but I I think a lot of people experience in the last couple of years right to be you talk about the great resignation and people are like thinking about their work differently and their life differently and isn't it like what's important how do I want to spend my days so um feel like icky guys time is here yes (laughs) definitely uh, for sure
1: yeah, so I think if you're listening to this episode, it's probably already 2022, yes. I think, isn't it? Yes, yes. I think in our, in our planning, yes. Yes. So yeah, how are you going to focus on those things that are important to you in the coming years? It's, it's definitely yeah. a good thing to start with. Yeah, so what's happening in 2022 for Jennifer? We've oh, I hate that question.
0: <laughs>
1: you have to answer it. I know, I know. It's my
0: question, <laughs> isn't it? It's my question. What's coming up? What's coming up is Mm. hopefully the book will come out. I'm in agent discussion right now, getting the proposal together. We'll see what happens with season two of EK Guy with Jennifer Shinkai. I'll be, yeah, we'll release Gus poem will come out. And then actually, one thing that I've learned is I don't really like this like deep, deep planning. And I found it really difficult to do in COVID. And I still feel that now that let's just see kind of what emerges. It's a terrible like business (laughs) prospect, but I've got, you know, interesting work is coming through from facilitation perspective and coaching clients. So that continues to get me very excited to be supporting my clients in those areas, as well as like, yeah, just developing a little bit more of uh, my art career too. And I definitely, definitely want to go to England in the summer. Oh,
1: yes, yes.
0: Oh, it's written <laughs> on my calendar. You know, it's written there already. End of July, all of August. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really. Hopefully, I can be there this year, Excellent. next year, twenty twenty two, whatever year it is, twenty twenty two. It's that been, year. it's been too long. It's uh, and I, I know I'm not alone in the world who's in this situation. So. Um, yeah, fingers crossed for short quarantines and opener, opener, more open <laughs> borders. I'm glad my English degree paid off.
1: Yeah, there. obviously, you know, <laughs> yeah, being away from England has not helped. Not helped. Not helped English, yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh,
0: and I will have finished. I will have finished reading the complete works of Shakespeare. So that will be good, and we'll be looking for like what our next, our next topics are for study. Yes, it's
1: just amazing yeah. that was, you know all this other stuff that you're doing and you've read the complete books of Shakespeare just chuck that in there yeah just took that <laughs> in there.
0: yeah that's been such a that's been such a source of ikigai and joy mm-hmm. um, for me just you know it's got the quest element of getting everything done it's got the social element of talking about it with people I get to watch plays as well as read them so that's always a really really important to me so it's got everything Everything did you going. love
1: Shakespeare the first time around, like when you first encountered well, I studied it English in literature, school. so yes, um, you did. Oh, okay. yeah, it wasn't know, like you were like drags kicking and screaming through. no, no I was yeah, yeah I was were... uh,
0: I was always a uh, yeah, a fan of the bard. I, I think what's come up actually now has been like, are be we still reading this for a lot of the stuff? and is it relevant? Is it problematic? Like those perspectives have been really interesting mm. to talk about which didn't come up when I was first reading it in the 90s yeah or, or just didn't come up in discussions I was having anyway probably were in ac- more academic circles but yeah for me mm. yeah not so much
1: all righty yes yeah. rock on 2022 20, 22, 22, yeah
0: year yeah. of the is it tiger I would say tiger yeah yes yeah. I think it is the year, year of, the of the tiger hmm Yes, I know. I was thinking that. I need to check.
1: I need to check what's coming what, up. What does the year of the tiger signify? Yeah. Mm.
0: And we'll be continuing on with Make March Matter as well, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yes, good old Make yeah. March don't Matter. Only- <laughs> <laughs> trucking along
0: there. Truck, trucking along, seeing. It feels such a beautiful community as well that impacts everyone really positively, I hope, who comes comes into contact with it. So we'll see what that looks like there's been a bit of a call to like do more face-to-face stuff it's not calling me (laughs) because but I'm happy for other members to run with that and organize
1: it so I like the ease of
0: online gathering for sure Mm.
1: yeah it's nice to see people just getting together when they happen to be passing through near each other or something and so people who wouldn't normally have a chance to meet you know because they live near each other a meeting and yeah who knows what will come about from that yeah Yeah, exactly so yeah we're still accepting members and still open to join always
0: yeah so we were talking about we should have um uh like make polish matter business awards because uh Mm. i i was all all grumpy that uh we didn't beat astrazeneca (laughs) (laughs) Of course, they were the the by, worthy, worthy yeah. winners of the British Business Awards. But it made me think about, you know, what are the, the what's the recognition for small businesses for mm. the decent work that they provide um, in the communities? But I feel like I might be putting too much on my plate to take the lead on that in 2022 when I've got so many other things going on. But it would be cool. It would be cool to do it. I'm just feeling now like oh, it's a bit too shiny object that might distract me from what I really want to be working on. 2023, (laughs) Mm, 2023 maybe, 2023. Yeah, yeah.
1: suddenly 2022 is very real and around the corner. But
0: never say never. You never know. Someone in the community might want to run with it. Exactly.
1: Maybe there is someone who would just love to take that on. Yeah, Mm, very cool. Hear about it. Well, I'm excited to have this recording. Done, and to have you on record talking about these things, and you'll be able to look back in a year's time and go, Oh listen to Jennifer back then Oh no. she had no idea all the wonderful things that uh, were coming to her yes oh I like the way you said that <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say like <laughs> little did she know yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but generally like the Jennifer of today cannot envision what the Jennifer of a, in a year's time could be experiencing mm. and the growth you would have had I think even if you just look back over the last three months and some of the growth you've had you just be like wow yeah yeah yeah
0: and I think you know that's the exciting part about being alive it's also the terrifying part but like what will happen we just don't know and what can you create for yourself I think that's the through line like many people in interviews have talked about like what's the red thread that connects their and kind of how it shows up but this idea of creating whatever I want creating what is in my world um, I've always felt very empowered to be able to do that to just think about what's possible and yeah maybe I haven't achieved everything that I set out to do but it's not been because I didn't like first have the thought that was kind of nonsense I feel really weird like what I've said but let I me mean, let me try to explain I've tried to get out of my own way Mm. and the things which have brought me like the most surprising joy or um the things which have really nurtured me have been things which I haven't overthought
1: yeah yeah you've just been sort of quietly practicing them and then ta-da uh, it was a chance to maybe use them, or you came to the point where it's like, oh, this is now.
0: Yeah, or I just can use
1: this now, or yeah, or just or, yeah,
0: just like yeah. never, you know. All those years, you know, I worked. I worked in the recruitment company for twelve years, and I had various jobs. And now I look back and I go, oh yes, sales experience that was great. Marketing experience that was great. Doing training that was great. I see kind of where those those kind of red threads come up. And I also feel like a lot of things when I've just gone, yeah, let's give it a try. And then we'll work out like how we're going to do it, but say yes, first, that approach has been very helpful for me Mm. and kept things fresh, like kept me Mm. excited about life um, rather than like overthinking and worrying and yeah, but what if, what if I I get into that eventually, but uh, (laughs) for sure in the, in the execution stage, but early doors like be just be very quick to say
1: yes it's been there you go very helpful mm. there's jennifer's advice we would be quick to say yes and you can work the rest out as you go yes! along yeah. exactly,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well on the fact that we're talking here today is from thing that i just thought oh i'm just to start a podcast four years ago Yes. And sat in my closet with my iPhone and my recorded a few episodes with no idea that this would, where it would lead me. But yeah, looking back, it's like, well, I've been practicing this for four years and now I can help other people. And here we are
0: recording yes. this
1: episode today. So
0: yeah. And same thing with this podcast, right? I didn't have any intention to write, uh, to start a podcast. I didn't actually have an intention to write a book. and um, I was just contacted be- through my blog, which I don't mm. update that often to be honest I definitely don't you like
1: a like a, a blogger man, yeah not man, like a blogger, blogger yeah
0: you know it's like a it, on my business blog and, and some things and I wrote some things about Ikigai and this agent contacted me and said hey why don't you write a book you've got an English literature degree and you're a coach and you blog a bit so you can obviously string a sentence and that's where it came from mm. and then I you know I put this proposal into her the first <laughs> the first the first draft she was like no that's not how we write <laughs> <laughs> very patient the second draft she was like oh that's much better I can see you've really worked on it um but now you need some other voices because it's it's all just your story right. it's a great story but uh no <laughs> you need some other ways uh, mm. for readers to connect and then that's when I was like okay I have to interview people so I need to record it to get the transcript and if I'm going to record it I'm not quite sure when this book is going to come out why don't I just start a podcast and that's how the podcast started um, you know, not, not in the plan. Um, and the same with can Giraffe swim book, like that was, <laughs> I remember I talked to my coach, Sarah Fudia, and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm about to publish a children's book. And she was like, where was this on the, mm-hmm. on the five-year plan or the 12 month plan I was like, it absolutely wasn't, you know, it wasn't there at all, but the idea came and then I went, why, why not? What would it be like? And it also, we talked earlier about like hold it lightly. It also took out the pressure of the book on Ikigai that was starting to feel a bit heavy. To be like, oh, I've already published a book now. Yeah, I
1: mean, been there, done
0: yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. It's, like, it's still different, but at mm. least you know, like it's 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 out there and uh, and yeah. in the world. So. You know, people sometimes look go, oh, well, you know, Jane's done hundred and something episodes of my podcast, but never be like that. Like, but that's not how you approached it in your, your first one. It was not the plan. Like just try the thing. Might yeah. this, might this be fun? Have might this be interesting? Yeah. Have a go. Yeah. Pick up the golf clubs or yeah. the paintbrush or, um, you know, make that offer to make a presentation in your team meeting or whatever it, whatever it is that you feel like, oh, that might make me feel icky, icky, right? That might make me feel like the sensation of being alive. Mm. Then as long as it's not hurting anyone,
1: go for it. So, yeah, so. I think at the moment with this sort of COVID ongoing thing, that sensation of being alive has been, yeah, it's harder to get hold of, I feel. Yeah, yeah? we're doing so many mm. Zooms and not leaving the house as much or traveling as much. So yeah. Where can I feel, where can I get that sensation of feeling alive in, in a good and healthy way, like <laughs> yeah. not destructive uh, manner, obviously. But, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, actually, <laughs> like in, in, if we want to be true as well to the, you know, Ikigai, Ikigai can also be, it can be about revenge. It can be about keeping up with the Joneses. Like that's also fine. If, if that's, I said, oh. you know, if lungs not hurting, mm-hmm. on one, but your Ikigai can be, can be, driven in those things it doesn't but what coming up in my coaching when i talk about it is that's all great and you can go along that but that's your choice is that how you want to live and and most people are like actually i don't not sure i want that to be my driving energy so i might replace it with something else Mm. but i think there's interesting like dark side of ikigai as well or when it becomes you know like an obsession that's also a possibility
1: Mm okay if it becomes a possession or if it goes to the dark side
0: who am I to judge what is good or what is bad it's not often talked about a lot mm. because people want to sort of be in like the love and light but yeah I think there's many times that I've seen people driven by you know what, what are we talking about maybe like you know you're talking about sports right? I'm going to take up the sport and sometimes people do stuff to like to prove to someone that yeah. they can do it you know, yeah. you didn't believe in me. I mean, I'll show you. yeah That I'll show you energy is a kind of facet of
1: Ikigai.
0: Mm-hmm. So I met, yeah I talked to uh, Dr. Hasagawa about this. So this whole idea that's like something that you love, it can also be something that you hate. And that's kind of what makes it fascinating too. Mm-hmm. It gets you out of bed in the morning. Yeah. So yeah. Now, I would say though, that the choices I've made... <laughs> have been to be on ones which feel like more nurturing to me and mm-hmm. feel maybe less destructive of other people's icky guy as well. But that's, that's a choice that everyone can, can make, mm-hmm. you don't have to, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to, you can, you can choose revenge and you can choose to be driven by, I told you so energy like that's, that's, you know, your, your life, your guy up to you.
1: So any final words before we oh. sign off? No.
0: Um I think just, yeah, it's 2022 now by the time that we release that. And I hope that everybody does a little bit of a brave step to just do do one thing and see where it leads you. And like, feel in that moment what when you answered the call, like what it was like. And I hope that it brings everybody lots of joy. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe listen to jane's podcast as well everyone in her podcast family all of those things too and uh, just fill your life with lots of wonderful input i think that's the first step
1: as well mm. yeah very good yeah. and maybe if you can't even do that just watch what other people are doing and that might give you a step that you want to do as well i think yeah. yes
0: exactly yeah. so i hope everyone is feeling icky icky and yes. uh, find some more ways to yeah wake up wake up tomorrow because um there's lots of things I was telling my son this the other day it's like there's so much good stuff waiting for you you don't Mm. even know Mm. you don't even know I'm getting emotional now you don't even know what is ready like I'm out there for you so Mm. don't like quit because you're eight (laughs) but like for the rest of us who are more like you know 48 58 78 like you don't even know what's there
1: yeah Right. yeah Mm. still
0: still lots of um interesting things coming or just go back and jane you did that wonderful thing the other day like go back and like look at this year's photos go back and look at old photos and just be like oh my god my life has i've had these like amazing experiences and i've had these small moments you know it doesn't all have to be like big banner events like oh yeah that day at the park was really fun the light was perfect and we laughed a lot and someone fell in the pond you know <laughs> like that's just remembering that is um is a sensation of ikigai as well mm,
1: it is isn't yeah. it yeah very oh, good thank cool. you so much jennifer thank, thank you for you. sharing and telling us all those things that we've all been wanting to know but Wonderful. had had a chance to to ask or hear so yes and yeah keep listening to ikigai for season two Whenever that comes out. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, go back Watch and check this the ones space. Missed. Exactly.
0: Yes, exactly. All right. Thank you so much, Jane, for being our host for today. And thank you to everyone for supporting the 20 episodes of It Guy with Jennifer Shinkai. It wasn't the original plan. Nothing in my life ever is. Uh, but it's amazing how things turn out. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening. Take care. See you on the airwaves again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you found something you could take away from the episode to help you find your own ikigai and integrate it into your daily life. And I'd love to hear exactly what resonated with you. So pop over to see me on LinkedIn or on my Facebook page. You can find the links in the show notes below. And let me know what you thought was the most important takeaway from the podcast today. And sharing is caring. So feel free to share this episode with one of your friends who you think could benefit from hearing about living a life of purpose. Looking forward to see you on the next episode of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai.